September 5th, 2021. Summer on the Mount. Week 9. Firm Foundation. And maybe that's exactly what you needed to hear this morning. Maybe you came in in the storm and there's all kinds of stuff happening and you feel exactly what that song was talking about. Maybe life has just been out of control. For you students, you start Wednesday, if you haven't already. Teachers and faculty, you're about to, to launch into a new school year. Administrators, I hope it goes well. There's a lot of things to, to need to feel and to experience the Lord's peace in the middle of. And I pray that as we're here, and maybe as that song was being sung, that you can experience just that his peace. So let me pray for us. I, I'm excited for this morning, but I, I don't want to let this moment pass. So Father, I thank you that in the middle of the storms of our world, we have this sanctuary, this time where we can come and worship and be in your presence, this time and place where we can sit with you and, and experience your peace. And Father, I, I pray that in the moments that follow, anything we have in our lives, anything that's demanding our attention and distracting us, even right now, that you would help that to fade away and that we could hear directly from you. Father, that actually my words would be your words and you would, you would bring things to mind that maybe I haven't even thought of yet. And that as we spend this time together, we would bask in your glory and we would experience you. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's three things I want to bring up before I really dive into it. First of all, the Zambia team returned yesterday. They made it back. Yeah, that's reason, you know. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I spoke with two of them. Actually, I spoke with one and texted with another. And it, it was an incredible trip. And I know we say that all the time. It was the best trip ever. I really feel like this is going to be a foundational experience for those who went, for them to build on the rest of their lives. I, I was talking to one team member last night, and, and she just couldn't say enough about the experience and what God did and in and through her and the rest of the team and the unity and all of that. So look forward to hearing more from this team as the weeks go on because it was that type of experience. The other thing, and Bjorn uh, alluded to it, next week, I don't you. This is incredible. Next week, we launch a new campus in East Aurora. Is it? I, it's, you know, if, if you were going to say, what is one of the, the um, and excuse me for using, what's one of the dumbest things you could do in the middle of a pandemic? launching a new campus might be one of them. It just, it just comes to mind, but I really feel like the Lord has led us to East Aurora, that the Holy Spirit has put the whole story together. And next week when that campus launches, we're going to see and hear of stories of life change and life change and people who, who were once walking in the ways of the world who have found Christ. I can't wait to see what happens for East Aurora. So this is what I ask, that you be praying for what happens there each and every day. Pray for Kevin and Becky and the whole launch team as they move forward. Right now, they're worshiping. They're, they're having a preview service, sort of figuring out how everything works. So even right now, they're beginning. This is the first Sunday that as Watermark, we're worshiping in that community. It's so exciting. So be praying for what happens in East Aurora. It, it, it's huge. And the third, you've heard us talk about next weekend and the kickoff weekend and the outdoor service. Let me frame that a little bit. Every campus is doing their own um, 
kickoff weekend. So it's not everybody's coming here to our part. No, in Springville, they're going to do what we're doing here at South Creek and then um, at East Aurora as well. I have to get used to saying East Aurora. It doesn't just roll off the tongue like the others do. I have to remember that. But here, this is what I ask that you invite your friends and family and coworkers and kids from school and whoever to be a part of watching the game in our parking lot. The service is going to be great. We're planning for it. I'm excited for that. But the reason we're doing it is an opportunity for us to, to, to invite people onto our campus. And being that I'm finding out I'm more of a tech nerd, the screen is going to be the biggest screen I've ever watched a football game on. The players will look life-size. It's going to be that type of screen. So it's not like you're watching in your house on your 50 or 40 or however many inch television. Maybe you're 19 inch if you still have that. But it's going to be a real um, big screen. And we're just going to have a fun time. If you bring your grill, great. I think we're bringing Wegman subs. And that's what we're going to do just because it's easier. But we're going to spend time eating and watching the game and hopefully um, celebrating a victory as everything goes well. But this is our last week in the series, Summer on the Mount. We've spent the last eight weeks diving into Jesus's most important sermon. If you were going to ask anybody and ask anybody on our staff, what does Jesus want us to know in this world? I hope everybody would point to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus took time to teach these things, the keys to living a Christian life. He taught them point after point. I've been to where they think this happened in Israel, and it's just this grassy hill. And as, I, as we've been going through the series, and even today, I imagine Jesus just, Jesus just standing there with thousands of people fanned around him, hanging on every word that fell from his lips, every thought that came from his heart. They were sitting there, and I don't know if they were taking notes or just remembering what was happening. Maybe they had their phone out and they were typing away. But whatever the case may be, the words that we have in the scripture are... are are what Jesus said to these people, and I believe what he would say to us if he was standing right here today. So we're wrapping it up how Jesus wrapped it up. We're talking about wise and foolish builders. This is the last section in the Sermon on the Mount. You see, what's so important about this piece is because Jesus realizes he just taught this to all of the people. The last eight weeks worth of material that we did, he covered probably in a day. And then he gets to this section about wise and foolish builders. And this is my encouragement to you, that you would do well to listen today. Because if Jesus took all this time to preach this and to teach and to do all these things, then he gets to this pinnacle of the message. I think it's for you and me. It's for us to understand and grab a hold of as we're here today. So it it starts in um, Chapter 7, verse 24, and I'm just going to read a few verses to you. Therefore, I have to pause already. Jesus begins with a therefore. This might be the most important therefore in the entire Bible. Because Jesus, like I said, he just laid all this information out. So therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, Hurricane Ida came through, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. 
I love that Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with this picture, with this picture of two houses, two structures, one of which is built on a foundation that apparently goes all the way down to the rock. And if you read in Luke, Luke sort of changes it a little bit and adds a little bit. He said he dug deep. He worked hard. He put in the effort to build his house on the rock. It was not easy. Digging is not easy. But he took the time and put it in to get his house built on the rock as opposed to the other guy who chose not to do that. I I want you to ask yourself this question this morning. And I want you to ask only yourself. I don't want you to impose this question on anybody sitting around you. But which foundation, ask yourself, which foundation am I building my life on? Even as you hear this initially, am I building on rock or am I building on sand? Because your answer matters. We just heard about re-engage. One of the things in re-engage, they tell you, they, they have a hula hoop. And they said, imagine you're in the hula hoop. Stay in your circle. Don't try to fix anybody else's problems. Don't don't point fingers at anybody else, but stay in your circle and examine your stuff because the only things you can change, the only life you can change is yours. You can't really change somebody else's. And often if you do, you end up in trouble, especially in marriage, which if you haven't figured that out, maybe you should take re-engage. I I really do suggest you take it. We took it a, a little bit over a year ago and it was so foundational for us. So if... They're out there today. Go, go check it out. Especially if you're trying to change your spouse. John Stott, somebody I've come back to many times in this series, puts it this way. As both got, out of their, as both got on with their building, a casual observer would have not noticed any difference between them. For the difference was in the foundation and the foundations are not seen. That's the incredible thing about this passage. The foundations that we're building, your neighbors, your friends, your family probably don't know what your foundation looks like. Only you do. Only you know if you're taking the words of the scripture and putting them into practice. Only you know if the things you do, the ways you think, the ways you interact with people are uplifting or if they're not. I guess some would know if they're not because they're the recipients of that. Only you know if you take the scripture seriously and build your life upon the rock. You see, all Christians are building. We're all building our lives. We're all doing things to to increase our knowledge of Jesus and the ways of the uh, scriptures. We're all doing our part, but this is the scary thing. Some of us who sit here week after week, some of us who read the Bible, some of us who pour our lives are really still just building on sand. You want a chilling thought? but being here as long as I've been and seeing people and understanding, there's a lot of houses that look really good. We're all building our lives and trying to do the things we need to do to to build well, but we've neglected the foundation. And how do you know? Well, you see it. In different people's lives, when storms come and their houses are leveled, you know that they haven't been building on the firm foundation. So again, look within your circle. What are you building your life on? Because your answer matters. Storms will come. Jesus even says, both both groups have heard these words of mine. Many of you have heard these words throughout the summer series we've just done. Many of you do read your Bible. 
You've sat through countless sermons. You've been in a community group. You've done all we can do. Your houses look the same, but your foundation is not built on rock. It's built on sand. It's a scary thought, isn't it? That maybe you've been sitting in in a church here or a church like this one for years and your life is still just built on sand. And anything can come up at any moment and give you trouble. Again, John Stott, the real question is not whether they hear Christ's teaching or even whether they respect or believe it, but whether they do what they hear. Throughout this series, we've had a lot of things that that we've gone over, that we've taught, that we've looked at Jesus' words, page after page, a few different chapters. And as we've looked at them, have you made them part of who you are? Again, look in your circle. Don't look in your spouses or whoever's sitting around you or the person sitting across the room. Have you taken those words seriously? We're all building, all Christians are building our lives on something. But unfortunately, some are sand. Matthew seven twenty four. therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Contrasted with verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Being here, talking to people over the years, I've seen lives built on sand. People who look like they have everything together, look like everything makes sense. People who at one time in their lives have called on Jesus as Lord and Savior. They realized that Jesus had lived a perfect life and never sinned. They realized that he died for their sins. They realized that he rose from the grave and that he, for the forgiveness of sins for the entire world. And they ask him to be their Lord and Savior. But then they never do anything else. They never take another step of obedience. They never take him seriously beyond salvation. And their lives are simply built on sand. Some stop right there and they never put anything into practice. All of us have a choice of foundation. All of us have the decision to make. What are we going to build on? And it's interesting that in our world today, even people, uh, like I said, who've been here forever, they read this, but they choose to build their life on popular culture. They see the tide of culture and where it's going. They understand that so-and-so, some guru or smarter person or this move of the culture is heading in this direction. They think that's more significant and important than building their lives on the word. I see it all the time. If it's popular, that's what they do. They move in that direction. If it's about gaining more material things, that's what they make their life about. If it's about looking a certain way or having certain clothes, they head in that direction. You know where that ends? That's a life built on sand. Or other people, maybe they build their life on tradition. My family has always done things this way. This is the way we do it and the way it works. But I'll tell you what, every tradition breaks down at some point and it doesn't work anymore. Mark 7, 8 tells us, Jesus, Jesus tells us Pharisees never to put tradition before truth. Never to put the things that we think are no are right before the word of God. Because when we do, it lends us to a sandy foundation. 
a lot in our world, many in our world are really good at building their lives on their own reason. (laughs) I think I know better than God is what they're actually saying. And as I read the scriptures, I think that's for a different time in a different place. And they head in a different direction, thinking that they're doing a better job building their lives than God would. The stuff I read in the Bible, that's ridiculous. Why would I ever do that? I'm choosing to do it this way. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end leads to death. When you follow what you think is right, it will lead to destruction. It leads right there to, to death. In teen culture, you see that all the time. As I talk to young people in particular, they think, I know a better way. It, you don't understand, Paul. If we, You're looking at it wrong. If we do it this way and think about it differently, I think that's what the scripture's saying. When we rely on our own reason, it will come up empty every time. Or maybe people build their lives on emotions. I, I see this all the time. People who think they get an idea in their head and their heart's beating in one direction, but it's beating in the wrong direction. And they're driven by the, the desires of their hearts on feelings. But if you live by feelings, you'll end up being manipulated by your moods. And eventually you won't see any fruit from that life. I've, this message is so hard to preach because it's so pertinent to all of us. Because I bet if I was going to ask everybody in the room right now, do you think you build your life on the truth of the word or one of these other four areas or something else? I think we'd all be alarmed by the results of that. Because we try to do our own thing and pretend we know better. James 1.22 is a beautiful verse, and actually it's Jesus' half-brother writing it, so it's always sort of interesting to me that Jesus' half-brother is saying the things he does, but he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Live it out each and every day. Do what it says not relying on your own wisdom or your own understanding, but why? What's the big deal? Because the storms are going to come. Matthew seven twenty five. the rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Have any of you experienced storms in life? It doesn't say if the storms come. I know that storms have come. This last year and a half or longer has been a crazy storm. When I look at my own life as I wrote this and I stayed in my own circle, I thought COVID has been the worst thing ever for, for, for so many things. Try leading a church in the middle of COVID. Are we masking? Are we not masking? Are we doing vaxes? Are we not doing vaxes? Are we, um, are we open? Are we closed? That was the worst period ever. Giving's been impacted. Attendance has been impacted. Serving's been impacted. Some of you second-guess the decisions we make on every level. The demands of this role, if you want to know my own personal storm, they've been huge. I, I've taken on so many of your burdens. This morning I got a text from a dear friend saying her husband um, 
was moved to hospice and he's got a day or so left. Some of you know Greg Gorsica. He's in the final hours maybe of his life. Those burdens are real and I feel all of them. The storms are real. My oldest graduated, which was fun, but then she went away to college, which was awful. (laughs) Dropping her on the curb and drive, we didn't just drop her on the curb and drive away. (laughs) It may have felt that way, but that's not how it went. But driving away was so hard. Now, my storms don't even compare to some of yours, losing lost ones this last year, chronic disease, infidelity, unemployment. Some of us are in the middle of some crazy storms, and storms are real and painful. Like weather in Buffalo, they come out of nowhere. One day, one minute, it's perfectly sunny. The next, you're in the middle of some lake effect event where you're getting inches upon inches in an hour, which sounds really good to me. But storms happen in life. What your life is built upon, whatever foundation your life is on, really matters. So, are you building your life on the rock or are you building it on the sand? The pain can be real. And only one foundation will stand. Only one foundation will stand under the pressure of life. Again, verse 725, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation, its foundation was on the rock. When our foundations are based on pop culture, tradition, reason, emotion, or or whatever else, they will crumble. They will disintegrate. When the real challenges of life come up, you won't be able to fake it anymore. You won't be able to fake it. And sometimes when you're in the middle of the storm, it's almost too late to start building a foundation. That should have been happening for a long time. So the real question for all of us is really simple today. Will you do what you hear? Will you put into practice what you read? Will you put into practice and embody what you discuss with your community group? Will you be doers of the word? Jesus is inviting you to a different life. He's inviting you to a different way of thinking, a different way of living. It's the gospel message played out in each and every one of our lives, each and every day. The gospel simply isn't for salvation. It's a way to change our lives and our attention and how we live every day from that point forward when we accept Jesus. The gospel is not simply a ticket to get into heaven, but an opportunity, an invitation to live our lives differently every day. So when you hear the word, when you read the word, do you put it into practice or do you just say, that's nice? That's a nice saying. Maybe I'll post that on on my Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever you have. Maybe I'll post that nice thought from the Sermon on the Mount. But I'm not sure that I want to live it out. Jesus calls us to live radical, countercultural lives where we're reaching into the pain of the world and offering, offering hope, healing, and grace. He calls us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the city on a hill to shed the sin that so easily entangles us and to live differently so that we can represent him to the entire world so that when people look at you, they don't think hypocrite. 
but they see your Jesus and they want to embrace who you are and what you have and they want to make Jesus their own. He calls us into a deep and abiding and life-changing relationship. Not just coming to church on Sunday, singing a few songs, hearing a message and going home, but continuing that throughout the week. Continuing that heart of worship and gratitude, of learning and growing. Of taking what we learn here and putting it into practice. Not when you walk out the doors, you forget the sermon. But you say, no, today it's different. Today I'm going to live out what I heard. And become a doer of the word. And as you do, build your foundation on the rock. He calls us to obedience, radical obedience to the word. Not to pick and choose what we want to believe or do. Not to say, I like that, that's good. But that one, that's not, forget it. That's not what it's about. It's about taking the, the, the God-breathed scriptures and letting them soak deep into your heart so they transform you into a new person so that you live a radically obedient and different life in this world. One that won't be tossed by the wave of culture. As we live this way, he will be building your life on the firm foundation. As you live with that being your focus and your goal and your heart's desire, all of a sudden you can begin to have a life that's built on rock, on a firm foundation. And the sand, that'll... Radical obedience. Taking this seriously. Living differently than other people. I remember what it was like before I got serious about my faith. I remember wandering through life and, and sort of going to church here and there when I felt like I, I could or wanted to or it fit into my schedule. I remember what it was like in my, in my teen years, in my 20s, when I, I really didn't take anything seriously. And maybe I'd be at church once a week, one, sorry, once a month, maybe twice a month if it was a good one. I remember when I didn't used to read my Bible every day and I'd sort of pick and choose the days I was going to do that. I remember what it was like to be tossed around by the, the wave of culture and to not fully understand what it meant to be on the firm foundation. It's awful. Only one foundation will stand. And you have a decision, remember, staying in your circle where you're going to build your life. I remember when I got serious about my faith. Like I said, it was in my 20s. When I, when I decided that I was going to live this out. I, this is how I read the scriptures. I take a book. I'm going through um, Hebrews right now. Tomorrow will be Hebrews 13, and then I'll move on to something else. I don't know exactly what yet. But I read a chapter a day. I underline the things that make, that seem important or that really strike me. And then I, I pray and meditate on those words. I see what the Lord and ask the Lord, what do you want to do in me with what I just read? And then for that day, I try to live that out and think about it and pray about it throughout the day. That kind of practice day after day, week after week, month after month, all of a sudden your heart changes. If you don't already do that, I would suggest starting in one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Start meditating on the words, seeing what Jesus did, how he did it, how he taught, how he lived. 
and begin to build your life on that firm foundation. My community group is one of the most precious times of my week, Wednesday mornings at 6.15. We get together and right now we're going through a book. Sometimes we go through scripture, but whatever the case may be, those guys mean the world to me. And as we study together and learn together and hold each other accountable, I feel like that's building a a firmer foundation for my life. Whatever it is for you, maybe it's talking to somebody you see around the room right now who's older and wiser or, or maybe younger and wiser than the faith than you are. And you just say, hey, can we get together every so often and you teach me, disciple me, Instruct me because I, I need it. That's one way to build your foundation. Whatever it is for you, all foundations will be tested and only one will stand. And again, looking within your circle, how are you doing at building your foundation? God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this whole series on Summer on the Mount and how it it has helped us to understand what you, Jesus, what you taught and how you wanted us as your followers to follow you and what you want us to do in the world. Father, I pray that we would take these words seriously, that we just wouldn't read and then forget what we read, that as we read the word, we would let it sink deep into our hearts and instruct us, inform us, transform us, God, I pray for those who might think their lives are built on sand. I pray that you would help them to to change their perspective, to put some practices in place, to start building on the rock, on the firm foundation. And as they do, when the storms come and the water rises and the winds blow, that they would not be shaken. Jesus, you are our cornerstone. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. And we choose to build our lives on you. God, I pray that as we sing this last song, that the words will ring true in our hearts and our minds. And that as a church, we will know what our lives are built on. We will know where we stand. We thank you, Father. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.